Well, welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, Scott Boris's contract sender. And I'm Corey, flag carrier from Mackenzie Dern's Walk-In, and happy Thursday. We are back after 10 days off. How are you feeling? Yes, happy Thursday. Feeling refreshed, man. Feeling refreshed. I know we had a huge run-up to the Super Bowl, and we were really diving in on all that all that is football. Uh, and then we we finished it off with a marathon of an episode on Monday with a ton of stuff to talk about. So uh, it was a nice needed break, nice needed little 10 days off, and I'm feeling refreshed and ready to tackle it. How was uh, How was your little break? Ooh, a lot of working in the last 10 days. I'm not going to lie. And I'm in the middle of hell week right now at work as well. So Damn. It's, been, it's been a mess. Uh, I worked UFC last Saturday at the Honda Center, which was uh, Volkanovski versus, oh man, I can't, Pororia or something. I can't remember the other guys. I don't follow UFC that much. So I don't remember all their names, but I do remember we had a big fight and I was there for the whole day, um, which actually they announced that Honda Center and TKO, who owns and operates UFC and WWE, Agreed on a five-year contract between now and 2028, I think. We're going to have three UFC fights and three WWE events in that time period. And this was the first of the three. So nice, successful start. Apparently the highest grossing UFC event in California in the history of the sports. So nice, bro. Sweet. Dude, it's a great location, dude. The Honda Center is a nice spot. Um, It's way easier to get to. Now, granted, your parking lot is atrocious right now. Yeah, construction's um, not helping right now. But so it's going to be really nice sucks. when OC Vibe is right. done in 2027. I swear, it's exactly. Gonna be great. <laughs> and it's just a little bit easier to get to. Can you imagine trying to get all these people to like Staples, bro? Through mm. all those one-way streets in the middle of downtown LA, it's just not fun. So Honda Center is a great venue. Uh, Across from the Arctic, and you got the Angel Stadium down the street. You got Disneyland if for people that are traveling in to see it. I mean, it's just it's a nice spot. So I, th- I think yeah. it's smart that they are having more fights there. Yeah, I think it was our tenth overall UFC event that we had here on Saturday in the history of the building. So we're off to a good start. Like I said, with the contract with them, WWE was also a record-breaking event for them in our building. So back-to-back events did really good. They were happy with us. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm in the middle of Hell Week. We had a game yesterday. I worked at Disneyland today for Ducks Disney Day, day one of two. We got to be back there tomorrow. Um, was there at 6:45 in the morning, which is much earlier than I ever wanted. That's to the part here. that's hell. I was gonna say Disney ain't that much of a hell, but being no. there and having to work, I'll give that to you. Yeah, yeah that, really that's good. early, bro. No it's a long, you. it's a long early day, but all good. Made it uh, back there tomorrow afternoon to finish it up, and then we have a game uh, Sunday. We have a concert on Saturday, so it's just craziness for me at work Busy, right now, but. Bro. It was kind of a nice break as far as us not having to cram it in of my crazy schedule in the last 10 days. So it's been nice Mm -hmm. to kind of be able to get away from it, but happy to be back here and back recording and uh, we'll see where we go from here. But how was your 10 days off? Yeah, it was good too, man. Uh, Like you said, I used a lot of the time to kind of just refuel. I went to uh, men's prayer night with the church. I went to uh, um, just, just getting out. Uh, I went shooting with the, a couple of the friends uh, over the weekend on Saturday for my brother-in-law's birthday. So that was kind of nice. Dude, I, I had the shotgun that I got, and it was my first time firing it. It's a pistol grip that I kind of hold. And a lot of times shotguns are nice to kind of have it 
throw a lot of the brunt into your shoulder, but it was just right in my thumb, dude. My thumb was sore for the next like two <laughs> days, dude. I could not freaking move it like I am right now without without it hurting. So, um, but that was just fun, dude. It was just fun to kind of like get off and get off the normal schedule. Um, but yeah, just trying to incorporate working out more and doing all those types of things. So busy, busy, busy. But uh, like you said, dude, excited to kind of get back and talk about sports again, man. Especially hanging out with the bestie. Oh, Always yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're, we'll jump right in, but before we get to anything, if you're not already, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you never miss any one of the new episodes or possible other videos that we might be doing sometime soon. Um, and if you enjoy what you're watching on here, smash that like button, man. It's like we always smash, say, smash, smash the like button. Yeah, it's like it's woken up, he got smashed in the face last Saturday and knocked out. Bro, <laughs> that was uh, it was a ringer, dude. I actually was watching it at Dave and Buster's. Um, cause we went later that night after shooting, not before shooting. Cause we shoot sober. That's what <laughs> yeah, that's smart. A good call. Good um, but afterwards we were there and yeah, you could, it's funny to be somewhere where there's lots of people watching it. Right. Because you hear the, Oh, afterwards, Dude, after the hits. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You were obviously at the arena. What am I talking about? People <laughs> just echoes through the hall. Oh, and like I was in the store for the last fight and I was like, all right, I should probably head up soon, but I don't know when this is going to end. And my one coast coworker was like, well, I'm going to head back to my stand in case this ends. And not 10 seconds later, he took that hit. The entire building exploded. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to go and ran upstairs. And by the time I got Bye. up there, everyone was in the hallway chanting and doing their flags and just super excited that he the, the guy beat Volkanovsky and just going nuts. So, yeah, it was, it's yeah, a, he was it, a champ. Again, I don't follow the sport myself, but to be there when it happened and everything going on. And I, I mean, like 17,000 sold out crowd. That place was rocking. And they had good fights. It looks like the two events before went full full three rounds and were both yep. by decision. Uh, and this one wasn't a quick one either. It was uh, two thirty two in the or three thirty two. I apologize in the second round. So uh, yeah, because no, sometimes man, like there's this one one of the the, the biggest fights I remember, and I I was rooting. Um, for I believe it was Jose at the time, but there's a 13 second fight that was around Christmas time between Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, and uh, yeah, it was like, all right, here we go. This think, dude, shit. All right, well, cool. there goes that. Paying for those pay per views, like you don't know how long <laughs> you might pay sixty dollars and get a bunch of stuff. You might yeah. pay sixty dollars and get two quick ones, and boom, it's over. Boop, boop, gone. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, uh, it was a good one. It was good. It looks like it was a good one. So, um, but anyways, getting back to the smashing of the like button and the subscribe button, both are free. It doesn't cost you much, but about a second of your time. So, if you do, man, we'd appreciate it. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. Let's jump in though to stuff that doesn't get smashed uh, because uh, touching another player is considered a foul. We're going to go into <laughs> NBA All Star Weekend where defense is a thing of the past. Who just, who cares? Just let them just let them score. Before we get to how atrocious the actual All Star game is, let's jump into something a little bit lighter, right? Like the the festivities that precursed the All Star game, the celebrity game, the rising stars, and all that kind of stuff. Where where do you want to start, man? Well, let's, I mean, let's just quickly touch on the celebrity game. There was the game that used uh, the new LED court for the first time that they we talked Which about is, last episode. That was sick. Bro. Dude, it was super cool. The only thing that was weird to me is when they would show replays of guys or girls, I guess, whoever's on the court in the paint and somebody like going up for a dunk. That's like something, their jerseys were like glowing. But then I realized, well, yeah, there's a court underneath them that lights up. It's not a typical court where you just see their shorts or whatever they're wearing. Like yeah. the white colored jerseys were like showing red at one point, And then they were showing blue. And I was really confused. But then again, I realized it's an led court underneath. 
Um, it was kind of cool though. They they did a couple shots up above, and you could see like the flames around it or the ruffles four point line that they kind of put there. Mm, for yeah, that was kind of cool. It was just like it was that. just really really random, but uh, it was cool to see Micah Parsons. I mean, thirty seven point sixteen rebounds and go for the celebrity game MVP as an NFL player. He just balled out, man. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I'm old or not, but it's only I was looking at the list, right? It's got to be because I'm old. I was looking at the list of the like who's on whose team, (laughs) and I'm sitting here like, uh, 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 no, yeah, oh, CJ Stroud, yeah, okay, Uh, oh, Micah Park, oh, Puka Nakua, the only people I fucking knew were athletes, bro. I didn't know anybody else. I don't, I don't know what a celebrity is anymore. Apparently, well, I also am not a. I love YouTube, but I'm not into like what the kids on the YouTubes and the TikToks and the Instagram. Yeah, I don't so. follow the influence. I think I'm a little behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, glad to see an athlete won it because I actually know who it is. And Micah is a dog, bro. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk going back and forth between his dunk, Puka's dunk, and DK Metcalf's dunk uh, yeah. from a previous game. But uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's it's nice to see celebrity. Let me take that back. <laughs> it's nice to see athletes doing other athletic things um it's fun to see them out of their own element where you watch them all the time and put them into something a little bit more fun uh yeah. so it's kind of cool to see cj stroud could ball too but micah oof, dude cj stroud not only balled in this game he was in a celebrity all-star like um softball tournament down in houston i think that uh, the astros have every year or travis scott i think is the guy who throws it actually at the sense. astros stadium <laughs> And he was there, had a great game in that, and then not even, I think, a day or two later, he's in Indianapolis and going off in the basketball game. So, yeah, super athlete. Well, we have seen his, like, warm-ups, right, where he's sitting there with a baseball bat and a glove and a, and a basketball, and that's what he warms up with on the sideline. It's pretty crazy. So, um, But, yeah, you know, it's just my favorite athlete. I'm trying to talk him up. Just talk <laughs> him up a little bit. So, um, well, that was, yeah, celebrity game was pretty chill. I didn't catch much of it. Did see some highlights and again, happy, happy. Someone I know actually won MVP. So good for them. Honestly, most Uh, of the stuff for this weekend, if I didn't watch it myself, it's mostly the highlights you see on Twitter and stuff like that. Like the moments you need to see, which is basically the highlights of the whole event. Yeah. Yeah. I watched two and a half, um, events i guess you can say uh well i haven't we haven't got to them yet because the next one we'll talk about is actually going to be the rising stars uh game which was uh team Jalen. wasn't this like g leaguers versus yeah so there was youthful nba four players? teams it's it's kind of like the nhl all-star game where it's the three on three two different games and they okay. each play each other so it was like team Jalen versus I think Team Gasol or no Team Gasol. Yeah, I know Pow was up there somewhere. Yeah, so like it was Team Gasol, Team Deadlift Shrimp, Team Jalen. I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head at this moment, but each of them played each other. But yeah, two of the teams were basically G Leaguer heavy, or if not entire G Leaguers. And one of them uh, beat, uh, I think it was Team Deadlift beat Team Pow. So then it was Team Jalen versus Team uh, Detlef in the final, which Deadlift Shrimp played for the Pacers back in the day, which is part of the reason he was there as a captain or it's his team. And then Team Jalen ended up winning it all. Uh, MVP went to the hometown pacer, uh, Benedict Matherin, who's a U of A Wildcat, bear down. Ooh, a huge fan of him. Um, so, yeah, it was just, again, I didn't watch most of it, but saw the highlights, saw the the clip of uh, Matherin uh, shit-talking, uh, I think, Jaden Ivey, where he told him, like, you can't even guard me in the Rising Stars game. And Bruh. you could see Ivey like, wait, what? And then he told him again. And then Ivey had this look of, like, oh, I want to and then just like walked away and didn't say anything. I don't know. Wrong. if He, really, he must have realized they were mic'd up and didn't want to make it a you know a bigger thing than it needed to be. But I thought it was kind of different that they were shit talking even in a Rising Stars game. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I, I do also like Benedict Matherin. I like his name. I just like his freaking name alone. That's just sounds cool. Benedict. Nobody names their kid Benedict anymore. Yeah, that's real. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was looking at a lot. Uh, I'm looking at the list right now. Most of them, there's only one team, and that was Detlef, who has all G Leaguers, zero NBA players. And he was in the finals. Damn, yeah. dude. G Leaguers. Cal- was Cal- team. And Powell has freaking Victor Wembanyama, Brandon Miller, Podemski, Jaime Hawkins. They got some. They got good. Damn, they got good yeah, but players. These, but, I mean, uh, if you think about it, G Leaguers are there to show off to the world too. Like they don't get a lot of TV time down in the G League, so this no. is their opportunity to like ball out. And you're at you're playing in a football stadium in a sense because they have that LED court at uh, I think it was Lucas Oil Stadium down the street from where the Pacers play. And so everyone's watching. Well, I wouldn't say everyone because, again, it's All-Star Weekend. We didn't even watch it on TV. But we saw the highlights, so you're getting more right. exposure than you typically would playing your G League game. So power to them, man. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it'd be cool if they gave them money because those are the guys that need it. Everybody in the yeah. NBA. I mean, granted, there's some guys at the bottom of the barrel in the NBA as well, but uh, they're still making NBA money. It's a little yeah. bit different for those G League contracts. Those G Leaguers should get some cash. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the next thing. This is the one. Of the, this is the one I watched the half of. I watched half of the skills team challenge, which was between team top picks, which is a three first round or three that first round, three number one overall picks, which was uh, Paulo Banchero, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Webinyama. Nice. It was uh, also team all stars, which is, I guess is just other random all stars, which had uh, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. And then it was uh, they were basically, I guess, hosted by Team Pacers or Team Indiana Pacers, which had Benedict Matherin, like we talked about, and of course Tyrese Halliburton and yeah. Miles Turner, who has been a long-standing Pacer for some time now. This one is actually, I actually kind of like the idea of this. I just wish, how do I put this? Because I would probably do the same thing. I wish it was more important to where they kind of cared more, and they even paid attention because I was watching it like. One of the skills is, okay, first of all, you used to have to pass it through something about the size of a basketball. Now you get to pass it through the size of something that's like the size of a van. So it's a lot <laughs> easier, the little passing thing. It's a gigantic. Well, you can't miss it. I don't even know. I think they just don't want to embarrass people. And you have to run around like two cones. Tell me why of the six people that did it, two or three of them didn't know where to run. There's two or three cones, bro. Wow. Like, what are you? Isn't, so, isn't this also on the LED court where it, like, maps it out? It shows point? you where to go. Do the freaking <laughs> arrow says, run here, run here, do this, shoot that. Uh, so the little bit of lack of effort or just, like, bad ball handling because they don't care as much. And I don't, I'm not saying they're trying to be too cool, but that's, like, the vibe I get from it. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, don't sign up to play it. Like, you should just try. I'm not saying you have to freaking sweat your ass off. Don't be Russell Westbrook no, no. in the first quarter of the first game. Be like, All right, everything is, needs to get done right now. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, we can, like, have, like, some effort. So, but it was actually pretty interesting, the idea of it, you know, having to dribble and pass and shoot and run and then, you know, timed for each one. It was pretty interesting. Uh, so this was this was cool. I didn't watch the entire thing. I watched the, the first half of it, though. So Well, did I, just, I didn't realize if this is, like, maybe this has been for a couple of years because, again, I don't watch most of these All-Star events because they, they're not meaningful games, so I don't care. Um, but when did they start doing teams? I thought it used to be individuals for a long time. Me period. too. Okay, so I'm glad that you thought the same thing because this might have been the first one, and I okay, think that's that why happens. I liked it a little bit more because – the other one it was, it was individuals doing it. So, yeah, I think this might be the first one. At least the first one that I've watched. Okay. Well, again, yeah, I don't watch them very often, so if at all. I <laughs> don't really remember when they changed it, but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is, exactly. Um, 
The next one, I actually didn't see any of it. I don't know how I missed it. I think I was, I don't know, not here. Um, was actually the three-point contest. Uh, Dame doing work back-to-back. Yeah, first time since. It was so crazy to think about who the last person was to hit it. Because Now, granted, he was a great three-point shooter. But other than that, you wouldn't remember who this person was unless you were paying attention to the NBA at this time. And that's Jason Capono. Hawaiian like, power, baby. For some reason, I feel like, did he go to Glendora High? I feel like for some reason he had a, I know he went to UCLA for sure. I definitely remember that. But I feel like he was a, a local area kid too. Oh, I'll look it up. Oh, he went to oh, Artesia. Yeah, okay. So local, okay. but not not Glendora. But that's Tracy Murray, I think. Tracy up. Murray, yeah. Yeah, but back-to-back champ. Yeah, like you said, uh, Capono, especially in 07, 08, if you think about how many guys were not shooting threes that much at that time, like he was probably one of the few guys averaging more than a couple a game back in 2007 and 2008. So makes sense to win back-to-back. But power to Dave, man, back-to-back uh, three-point champ. I guess. I mean, he shoots from the logo. We saw him, as we will get to in the All-Star game, shoot from half court and making them. So I guess why not win the three-point shootout? True, true. Yeah, he's a career 43% from um, behind the arc. But... To your point, bro, the most he's jacking up a game is three. Yeah, see, that's, that's like a different game back then. That was only, what, 14? Well, that was 17 years ago now. Jeez, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, we're old. It, is yeah, it happens. It happens fast. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. The boy does it. Um, <laughs> but that one was uh, that one was pretty good. Uh, and I'm glad that Lillard won it. I like to see, again, I like people. He didn't go out there trying to kill it, but he tried. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, just go try, bro. Like, it's cool. You get paid a lot of money. Kids want to watch you play. Dude, I'm not even a kid. I want to watch you try. You know? so, <laughs> well, I feel like, too, if you think about the three-point contest, there's not really an opportunity really to get injured or hurt or anything. You're just shooting at a, back, um, a bucket of ball. You're going to the next bucket, and you're just kind of moving around in a, in a half circle. It's really not that much, and it's not that hard, I feel like, if you're a professional three-point shooter. It's kind of like warm-ups. You've just got a little bit more timing on it than a typical warm-up for a game. Yeah, not wrong. Not wrong. I agree with you. Um. So okay, so that was that was a decent one. The one that I want to talk about, this is the other one I watched completely, was the dunk contest. Um, and we also have another back-to-back winner, G Leaguer, because they can't get anybody to freaking seem to sign up for this damn thing. Mac McClung went in his second straight, uh, which I, I, to be honest with you, <clears throat> I think he's doing a pretty good job. Some of the dunks, the one that he didn't get a good score on was where he jumps over. Um, I forgot who it was. It wasn't Shaq. He was that was the first one. Yeah, he jumps good. over somebody, catches the ball that he um that they give him. He throws it up in the air, takes his hands off of it, catches it again, and then dunks it. And they gave him like a forty-two or forty-three. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, well, I think that's he had part to of catch the- his own ball. Yeah, well, that's part of it too. Like, it's so subjective when it comes to the like judging of these dunks so like if you're not paying attention to the all the details of what happened especially because some of these happen so fast that you probably don't even see something that took place it's kind of a weird part but again it's a g-leaguer good for mac mcclung i remember when he was in high school before he went to college like there was highlights of him dunking and doing crazy shit but i thought he'd actually make the league not just g-league and then show up at the dunk contest every year yeah i don't know i don't get it former laker i know that we had him Aspects. for like a second but yep. uh but uh yeah i don't know um he's it's only the third time uh, where two player the the same two players won a three point shootout and a dunk contest in back to back years. It was Larry Bird who won the three point and Michael Jordan who won the dunk in eighty seven eighty eight. 
Okay. There's Peja Stoyakovich, which oh, a great, great three point shooter. And Jason Richardson, who did the uh, you know, dunk yeah, contest yeah. in 02 and 03. And then this year with Dame and Mac McClung. It's crazy to think that Mac McClung, and there's not a <laughs> knock at Mac McClung, but he's not technically an NBA player. He's played yeah. a lot more NBA games than I've ever played. Yes. But the fact that he's either on a two way or straight G League, it's just cool to see. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Peja Stoyakovich, Jason Richardson, Damian Lillard, and Mac McClung. Like, <laughs> and good for Mac, dude, because he went out and he did his thing. Um, but I give it to I give props to everybody, man. As much as it was really weird seeing Jalen Brown cover his eyes after the dunk was already done, I give him props for being such a big name and putting himself out there. Because to me, I think people aren't doing it as much ever since LeBron turned it down. Because it's like... You don't want to get embarrassed or something by messing up a dunk. But it used to be like the biggest names in the game would do this, and it's just kind of lost its luster, right? Yeah, that too. But also, like, how many more dunks can you come up with? I feel like there's only Man, so many. That's like, everyone's too. jumping over a somebody, a person, a different person. Or, you know, Jalen Brown jumps over a guy who is not very tall but then makes him sit in the chair and then jumps over him. I don't understand what that was all yeah, about. That was but, weird. Yeah. yeah, but, like, I, I guess I, to a point of, like, you can only do so many different things and styles of dunks at this point. I feel like it's kind of you're just, like, repeating or, like, doing two different things that other people did before and comboing it into one. It's not really that creative anymore at this point. But, again, how many more things can you do? There's only so many ways you can get the ball in the hoop. By Put a ball in a hoop. Yeah, very true. Yeah. The human body only bends certain ways. No matter how many, quote, hops you have, you can only yeah. jump certain heights. Like, um, what was that game? Slap ball? Was it NBA Live back in the day? You could do dunk costume. You could do like a cartwheel and a flip and then throw yes. the ball Dude, off, I like, used to do that screen. all the time. That yeah, was you, so fun to play, bro. Yeah, you can't do that in real life. <laughs> so like no. there's only so many dunks that can be done. I just you know what? Maybe they should try. Maybe they should try. Well, yeah. they better well, get you a can't do cartwheels and backflips. Do all that shit in that amount of time. <laughs> you gotta be super <laughs> creative and athletic for real to be able to do that. Yeah, now that's true. It's it's still fun because of what it means. Um, I just hope that uh, some more players kind of sign well, up Jamie for it. Brown said he would do it again next yeah. year. So I give him props for doing it because he was. I mean, he did make the finals. He was one of the two best dunkers there. The one I didn't get, which I didn't even know his brother even existed, was Obi Toppin's brother just doing Obi Toppin's dunks. Yeah, I was like, hey, my brother won doing this. So I'll just do the same ones. I'm like, I guess. I mean, he's in the NBA. So, I mean, he's in the NBA compared to Mac McClung. So, at least he's on a roster. But it is very yeah. weird. Like, like, I didn't know he had a brother in the league either until they announced who was going to be in the dunk contest. I was like, oh, his brother's in Bro, the league. Bro, when it said Toppin, I thought the person said his <laughs> name wrong because I, I forgot what his first name even is. I was like, that's not Obi Toppin. His first name is Obi. And then I looked at him and it was like, Jacob Toppin. I'm like, Holy shit, that's a different person. Motherfucker's got a brother, too? All right, bet. Jacob, is that his nickname? <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I was thinking at first. I was like, dude, who is this person? He's a traitor. He's a fraud. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it. I want to save the other thing that I watched fully for last, and obviously you know why. But the other thing that we'll, we'll get into, this was it's just become kind of an embarrassment. Uh, dude, the, this... the All-Star game, the, the so West bad. versus East. They made it back West versus East. But the final alone. Is like just bothersome. 186 to 211 points. It's almost I mean, 400 points, dude. That's insane. What like, a I know waste the NBA of time. He doesn't play defense at all now in a regular season game. So we've had like 140s and 150 games, but 211, which is the most points ever scored. I think Dame even talked about it in his post game interview. Like, yeah, we talked about it at halftime. We had over 100. So we figured, like, might as well go for the record. But it also makes 
like Larry Bird had a whole thing in the morning about, yeah, I hope these guys come out today and compete. And you could tell Silver giving him the MVP award was like, well, you guys won. You just scored the most points. Here's yeah. your MVP trophy. Like he was already annoyed. I just don't. It's kind of like the Pro Bowl. I don't know why they even make him play the game. Just name him an all-star and then just do the festivity stuff. And then, like, why do we even have the game? Like, People was... used to care. That's why. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. So, I don't remember who it was that talked about it. They should name it the Mamba Classic because then maybe with Kobe's name involved somehow. Oh, people will actually maybe, give a shit. Yeah, yeah. like kind of poke him in that direction. Because the year that the last time it was, like, really good was after Kobe um passed and they did like everyone wore two for gg or 24 for kobe and then they had like the elam ending where you had to win at a certain score after the third after going into the fourth quarter and everybody was trying but ever since then it's been just back to layout i mean you saw that one shot that uh <laughs> luca took before halftime it was like a two for one candace parker said he's like two for one what do you mean free throw line just like half-assed and banked it off the backboard not even close they came down scored and then they got it back and they actually got the last shot but Again, it's just like it's so I feel bad. There's a meme for that. Uh like it's like when you pick up the controller on accident and you hit shoot. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you put the controller down, someone inbounds it to you, you accidentally pick it up and you're like hit shoot and you like, Oh, right from here, let's shoot the ball. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's so dumb and I feel bad because like not only that, they talked about too, like maybe put it in cities that people want to go to. Like Indiana in February, it's cold and snowing outside. Like that's not really like all-star like feel or vibe to it you want to be like in miami la vegas in the future again once they yeah get i get that principle but you got to spread it around that's I what know, everybody you know there's teams that want it as well which i understand the principle of why they do it but i what you're saying makes complete sense yeah it's just again it, it, if the guys are gonna have to be there because they don't get to go on the all-star break like the guys like everybody else who doesn't play in it gets basically almost a full week off like we talked about when we were getting ready to go on like LeBron didn't play in the last game of the regular of the season before the all-star break. He played 13 minutes in the all-star break and he's not playing again tonight. The first game back because of an ankle issue. Like, why did he even have to play in the all-star game? Like that's a waste of, cause he's an all-star. Like, I know, but why <laughs> the game? just name them the all-stars. Like they do the pro bowl in the NFL, do the fun and little events. And then like, you know, the, you already have everybody there. You did like your summit for the AI stuff on Thursday night or Friday when they showed like Wemby doing some stuff with Adam silver about how like, with AI glasses, you could watch NBA games like in the Spider Verse, and like I mean, I don't care about any of that, but that's like their whole point. They use it as like a convention more than an actual All Star game at this point. Yeah, have the players go and play Make a Wish Kids. Yeah, have them you know play veterans in wheelchairs. You know what I'm saying? Like have them do something cooler. Like I think that'd be cool, bro. Put a bunch of like switch it up, right? You'll yeah. have half the people with some Make-A-Wish kids and then the other half with some more Make-A-Wish kids and it's the team to get, you know, more Make-A-Wish kids, whatever, right? And then for vets, you could put them all in wheelchairs and have them go can try to do something or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that way they're not getting hurt. They're not running around. They're not playing against each other, but it also can maybe shine a light onto, like, other things around, like, childhood yeah. disease and mm -hmm. veteran affairs and, you know, things like that. Maybe yeah, they should do something sure. similar to that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know how to fix I'll it. I'll call Adam. I'll let him know. Okay. I'll say, I don't work in the NBA, <laughs> so they're not going to listen to me. I just, at the end of the day, like I always say, I work in the hockey world, but I just sell t-shirts. That's all I really do. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, before we leave basketball, I do want to talk. We have two more things to talk about, and this is the one I watched fully. I watched the entire thing because I wanted to see it. Obviously, it was a lot shorter than the other events, but the Steph versus Sabrina three-point yeah. shooting contest. I really actually like this uh when it was first getting 
you know, kind of talked about and set up. I didn't like it. I thought it was a complete stage thing, which it mm-hmm. might have been. Um, I thought that it was lame that we're not going to really see who's a better shooter because they're shooting from their respective places instead of the same. Um, all these types of things. And I was just like, no, they're going to make it a thing. The woman has to win because if she doesn't, then it's whatever, right? There's some sort of uproar. Plus, Steph has daughters. So I was like, of course, yeah, he'd be true. down too. I'm not saying, but I'm glad that it wasn't staged to like let anybody win. Okay. No, not at all. Um, so I loved it. And then the very, the, the biggest thing that I lied, and I was talking to Lafayette about this, he disagreed. And then I kind of made a point. He was like, okay, I get what you're saying. Was she decided that she was going to shoot from the NBA line. Mm-hmm. And to me, that made it equal. Yep. The ball is completely different, bro. One, she's not as strong. I'm not saying she's not strong. Don't fucking come at me, haters out there. Okay. I'm not saying she's not strong. She's not as strong. The ball's bigger. It weighs a little bit more. Something she's not used to. But her saying, you know what? No, I'm shooting from that distance. To me, that is the best one. Because if you had to pick one or the other, shooting closer, even with the bigger ball, it's still not it's still an advantage because you're closer. But if you're just shooting your own ball and stepping back, I think that's more equal. So I actually really, really liked it. Um, and I like how it panned out. It was nice and close. Yeah. So down to the wire. glad I mean, that Steph won. But Steph what, what were your kind of even takes on it? What I mean, I'm takes? with you. I think the fact that she did the three-point line of the NBA uh, measurement was perfect. Uh, at the end of the day, like, She's been playing for a long time and can shoot more than just the three-point. Like, if you look at her career threes in the WNBA and even in college, she's shooting farther back than the line anyway. So it's really not that big of a difference. It's more of, like Steph always talks about, it's more muscle memory than anything else. So if she's in the gym and she's shooting two feet or a a foot behind the three-point line in general, then it's just muscle memory for her. And the hoop's the same height, so the ball's a different size. But whatever, who cares? Like, you're still shooting at the same length, and you have the same amount of time to go across. I mean, she started off and went 26 and then he had to win his last two to get 29 and win. The only thing I wish they will do is if they do it again in the future is instead of doing run one round, they should do the best of three because they're going in there cold and they're shooting for one round and then that's it. We're just calling it like give them a couple rounds to like warm up like if they were maybe do- shorter rounds like okay, uh, yeah, instead of doing all the baskets, you pick three. Okay, there you go. Pick you three, go. and then the main, the the third round. To your point is like, okay, and then we do it all or something. That'd be kind of okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, just that's a good it idea. Gets, it gets them a little more warmed up instead of just like prepping ahead of time and then just doing one cold. Like, all right, let's do it real quick, and then it's over. Like, give typically in the three point contest, like with Dame and all them, you have to get through each round to win it all, and they only did one round. So give them a couple rounds and do best of three, and even if you know Steph wins the first two, in this case, technically. Just do the third one anyway. Who cares? Maybe she does win the third one, and then they go down two to one. Like, just give them more opportunity to kind of get in rhythm instead of just going out there cold. Because you can look in that first ba- uh, bucket or two or rack, whatever you want to call it, that they go. They they weren't really feeling it, but as they went further into the into the racks on the other side, they actually started getting into a rhythm. So I think doing a second mm-hmm. or third round would have might have might have helped them as well. Yeah, I like how afterwards as well they um, Steph even kind of brought it up, and I kind of thought it. 26, I watched a little bit of the the men's contest. That's what Dame got to win. And that's what a lot of people got to move on from that first round. She knocked out dudes already. So I liked his point at the end as well. Maybe they incorporate this into doing more, bringing a couple of them, bringing uh, you know, a couple of the WNBA players and just having them be in this regular contest instead of doing a 1v1 kind of thing. Ooh, um, you know what you could do since they have the LED courts for these tournaments and stuff now. What if you did 
uh, teamed up one man and one woman from each league, and they both shot at the same time on the opposite ends of the court, and then you had them as a duo, and you could have like four duos go against each other or two duos. Because I know like Courtney Vandersloot's like, like one of the best three point shooters in uh, the WNBA right now. If uh, Caitlin Clark is into the WNBA next year, she's going to be one of the top three point shooters as well. So that would be another face who's another younger player to kind of help build the WNBA and kind of, again, Sabrina said it. It shows that all, like, she wasn't allowed to play on the boys' team growing up because they wouldn't let her, but she's probably better than most of the boys she played against as a kid. 100% 100 (laughs) of the guys that were in those little leagues, she's made it farther than and is better than 100%. Absolutely. 100%. now, I won't get on the bandwagon to say she's all of a sudden going to beat Steph on a one on a one v one. No, no. But no, when but... you take elite versus elite, the males might win more often. But when you just take the elite female, they are elite athletes. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. Um, so that was kind of cool. And yeah, the Caitlin Clark thing that's that's a great idea. That's a great idea to incorporate maybe like a team uh, yeah. team component. Uh, and Caitlin Clark. I mean, she's doing work her, on herself. I mean, she's not even in the WNBA yet, and she's already breaking records. Uh, Kelsey Plume was the most recent holder of the uh, most points scored in the NCAA career. Uh, is it for, for women only? Yes, or for, is it yeah, Kelsey Plum okay. was leading the women's uh, record. She had it from – she got it in 2017. She played for four years at UW, 13-17, uh, to 17, and got the record. And now Caitlin Clark over the weekend, uh, I believe, what was that, that was Thursday or Friday that she was able to pass her? She needed eight points going into the game, which was her home game um in iowa so that was cool that it was in front of the home crowd and she literally went out and scored the first eight points of the game to just get it over with right off the bat which was awesome and uh, we're going to show you the clip here real quick of her getting the record and just i mean the, the other thing too with her before we show it she didn't want the game to stop or pause when she broke it she just wanted the game to keep playing and if there was a stoppage at some point they could like you know do something real quick but she didn't really want it to take away from the game itself which i thought was really cool but we're going to show you the clip real quick here where she actually breaks the record here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. She could shoot, bro. That's for damn sure. Dude, that was a logo three. She would have easily been able to do the NBA three-point line for a three-point shootout. My God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, she talked about it, how she she said, of course, the wet record had to be a logo three, I think she said sometime yep. later. So that's pretty cool. Good for her. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a baller. She's definitely – did you see, though, what Cheryl Swoops kind of said about this? Did you see that? Yeah, but she wasn't right. That's part of the Right. Problem. That was kind of super annoying. She was kind of like, in essence, talking shit, yeah. uh, saying that, you know, it doesn't really count because she got to play for longer because of a COVID year and all these other things and all this kind of stuff. But not, that's that's completely not true. No, she, uh, she also said, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I think it, in like 13 or, or so fewer games than what yeah. Kelsey Plum did it in. Um, the other thing that she says was, you know, she's shooting like 40 shots a game. No, she shoots like 10 or 12 shots a game. She's just extremely efficient, and she makes a lot of threes as well, which was around when Kelsey was playing. So we can't say, well, it's because of the so – yeah. I just I think she was a little out of pocket by coming Dude. out of – not only that, so weird. the fact that the clip of her talking shit on her essentially went viral and nobody – and like Gilbert Arenas was hosting the podcast. Nobody fact-checked it on the podcast when they were talking about it. Nobody looked it up to make sure, so she just go, kept going on and on about it. When I saw it, I was like, dude, there's no way that that's real. So then I looked it up, and yeah, again, Clark broke it in 126 games. Plum did it in 139. 
I mean, Clark is averaging 32 points a game this year, and her career is 28 points over the last four years. Now, she does have a fifth year of eligibility next year. She hasn't decided if she's going to use it. She probably will because she'll make more in NIL money, but that's a whole other discussion. But regardless, Mm -hmm. she even has a chance to break the record for most points, men's or women's college basketball, because going into the night game, which I don't know what she ended up scoring, but she was like 98 points away from passing Pistol Pete Maravich, who, okay, back in the day, he scored a lot. He had 3,667 in 83 games. He averaged 44 points a game. So a lot less less time than Clark, but still – and there was no three-point line back then either, mind you, when he played. There was only two-pointers. So that's insane that it is that amount of games as well. But he only played the three years in college and was able to set that number. But again, when it comes to the plum record and the women's record, she had four. She has four years of eligibility. She's in her fourth year, and she broke it in last game. So I don't know what, where Swoops got her information, Me but either. somebody needs to let her know, like, yo, mm-hmm. you can just be talking shit without knowing your facts. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, Hawkeyes got blown out tonight. Uh, in Indiana, they lost to the Hoosiers, eighty-six to sixty-nine. Mm-hmm. Kaylin Clark finished with twenty-four points, ten boards, and one assist shy of a triple-double. Damn. See, and that's the thing too. She does, even though she scores a lot, obviously, she still she does a lot. lot of everything else. And her team is top five, I think, in the nation. They might be a little they lower. Four tonight. Last. They lost. Oh, to, they lost at fourteen. So there okay. was a ranked team as well. They'll probably drop yeah. a little bit, but still, like six if she's on a good competitive team. She's a big part of it, but also she has some good teammates around her. If she's getting a triple double, nearly like it's not like everybody else is missing and she's the only one scoring. Right. Yeah. They're not just sitting around like, go ahead. This isn't Lamelo Ball at the. Uh, oh my God! In high school, that was so at Chino Hills. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> All he did was cherry pick, man. That was the. Most, that's why I, I hated him when he came into the league initially because. I was like, he's so great. I'm like, at what? Cherry picking and standing back there and not playing defense? Now, yes. Once he got to the NBA, he has proved that he is legit and a real uh, basketball player. So I'm not yeah. I'm not against him anymore. But for a while, there was like, bro, he's like 14 or 15. He's just standing in the back of that. He's like a half court, almost to the free throw line on the other side by the time his defense even tries to stop anybody. He wasn't really playing basketball at that time. But yeah, exactly. Prove me wrong. Exactly. Yeah, he definitely has. He definitely has. Uh, and we'll see how much further he can prove you wrong. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he has the talent yeah. to kind of take him really far, in my opinion. I think he's I think he's really good, especially in today's game. Um, but we're here to celebrate someone who's already proven themselves. We have uh, the baseball – the baseball? Wow, that shows you where I'm at. The Basketball Hall of Fame finalists were announced. Um and we're going to go over three of them. There's a handful more, but we're going to go over the ones that we really know. Uh, no offense to the others out there. Uh, I'll start it off with uh, Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Mr. Big Shot, as he has been coined, because dude can freaking make them when you need them. That's for damn sure. Yeah. A five-time NBA All-Star and the 2004. Yeah, we don't even talk about that finals. <laughs> finals MVP when they freaking beat the Lakers and should have lost, but whatever. Yeah. Had a 17-year career where he averaged 15.2 points and 5.4 assists per game and hitting almost 90%, 89.4% uh, from a free throw percentage, which is actually sixth best in the NBA slash ABA history. I uh, was drafted third overall in 97 by the Celtics. And he's currently coaching the Blazers. Comments on Mr. Billups, man. I mean, like you said, besides that 2004 run they had against the Lakers, I mean, what was it? Detroit was in the Eastern Conference Finals like five years in a row. They went to a Finals the next year in 05 and lost to the the Spurs, which is another Mm -hmm. Robert Ory big shot. So I guess that's kind of weird that he lost to big shot, Bob. Right. Um, but yeah, no, Billups is fine. I I kind of forgot he was a Blazers coach because the Blazers aren't very good anymore without Dane. But True. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I didn't realize he either that he was a third overall pick in the draft. I did not. Me either. 
I did not know that. But again, I guess 1997, I was, we were only, what, nine. So I guess we weren't paying too close attention to the draft at that time. <laughs> no, no, not really. I was paying attention to like what I was going to wear the next day to school <laughs> or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, great player, though. Great player. Uh, never played for a team that I really rooted for, I guess. But um, yeah, true. I, I, I never root against him. I think too, he, right? Yeah, I think that's where he was the best, in my opinion, was Denver uh, and Detroit. Those were his two best, obviously, winning in Detroit and winning finals MVP, which he was, bro. I remember that team, though. Two Wallaces, Rashid and Ben. They had Rip yeah. Hamilton with the freaking face mask. They had Tor- Tayshawn Prince. Prince. Torian. Yeah. Is it no, Tayshawn? Oh, yeah, Torian's who we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget uh, that Prince block on Reggie Miller when Miller thought he was like, oh, I'm all by myself on this breakaway. And then all of a sudden, Prince comes out of nowhere in the playoffs and just knocks it clean and Miller's like, where the hell did that guy come from? What like, happened? They were defensive minded. That was back when players they were, were allowed to play defense, and they only gave up like eighty-five to ninety points a game during their run. They were so yeah, which good. is like halftime scored these days. But yeah, man. for real. Yeah. <sighs> the next one though, I'll let you take this one. Oh, uh, dude, this one is our childhood. Is and this was when the dunk contest was awesome. When this guy, yes. Played. Vince Carter, uh, again, Ooh. known for fly, high-flying dunks. I know there's that one uh, in the uh, Olympics where he dunked and jumped over the guy completely, I believe, in the highlight. Um, was the rookie of the year back in 1998-99 season. Uh, actually was the only player uh, to play in four different decades. So the 90s, the 2000s, the 10s, and then he played, I think, 2020 before uh, the shutdown and everything with COVID, and that was his last year. So Spread out through over four decades and 22 seasons. That's pretty good, man. And 16 points a game. Set 21 as a starter. He did go to like a bench roll after a few years. And I think technically right now he is the scoring leader for a single franchise record for the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets and the Raptors, which is kind of cool that I didn't realize he was in New Jersey that long to like set that record. Yeah. Me either. I mean, not that long. I knew he was there for a decent amount of time. But, I mean, who else is going to get the damn ball from uh, from J. Kidd? You know what I'm That's saying? True. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're not throwing a Kmart too much when you can throw it out to Vince Carter, who can shoot threes at that time. Because as yeah. that's the thing, like he started out as a high flying dunker, but as he got older, he stretched his game out further and further, and ended up basically just being a three point shooter and then a bench roll guy. I think his last year he played in the league, he was in Atlanta, and he was only playing like ten to twelve minutes a game. But he wasn't playing ten to twelve minutes like Dirk, where he could barely walk up and down the court. He could still like you know run yeah. with the best of them and play. That's that's the only thing with Dirk at the end. I just felt bad for him trying to walk up and down the court with his legs. So hard to watch. Yeah, dude. Nine feet tall is what happened. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Uh, The last one that we want to talk about is a hometown guy. Uh, Michael Cooper. Coop. Big Coop. He's named to eight NBA all-defensive teams. Uh, Took home first team five times and won the Defensive Player of the Year in 1987. Former third-round pick. It was 60th overall. That was when the draft had three rounds. I was just going to say, that's weird. (laughs) We still have 60 picks, but it's now condensed into two. Um, He played for the University of New Mexico. Spent an entire 12-year career with the Lake Show Baby. Won five titles, all five with Magic, of course. Uh, while routinely matching up with the opponent's top playmaker, top shooter, basically, yeah, right? Because known as the defensive lockdown guy. Who could you compare him to in like today? Who's the guy that you said sick of? Oh, man. I don't know if there's anybody like right now currently in the league, but like maybe in the last 10 years, I'm trying to think of who was like a lockdown defender. It's hard. They don't play defense. Marcus Smart? Yeah. For guard? A, yeah. I mean, Cooper was a little more lanky instead of bulky, but yeah, that's that's probably not a bad comparison. And 
not only did he have a good playing career, like he ended up going to coaching in the WNBA, won coach of the year in 2000, and then helped lead the Sparks to back-to-back titles in 2001 and 2002. So definitely knows the game, knows what he's doing. Yeah. And the best part is, is if he finally gets into the Hall of Fame, because they've been talking about this one for a long time, his number will go up in the rafters at crypto. He'll be the next one up there because they only retire Hall of Famers and they've been waiting for him to get in there. So once he gets in, his number will go up in the rafters next to Pau Gasol, I believe. <sighs> Bro, we're going to run out of fucking numbers, dude. Hey, we're going to start having come with letters, man. It's not the Celtics. They have like 85 numbers retired. We only got like 12. <laughs> yeah, or the Yankees list that we went over. Dude, Remember yeah. that? That was yeah. Would they have twenty four or twenty two or something like? It that? It was basically all one through like twenty <laughs> were gone. Basically, yeah. jeez. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty funny. That was something else. So. Anyways, congratulations to Michael, Vince, and Chauncey, along with the other finalists. Um, these are these are everyone that is in, correct? Or these are these are just finalists. They are not okay. officially in yet. This is the finalist list. They'll have to go through another um, voting thing. And I think they'll tip. They usually have the uh, ceremony, I think, before the season starts. I want to say like August, maybe September before the next season gets started. Okay. All right. Well, good luck. I think all three of them should be in. Maybe I'm a little biased on the Cooper, but dude, how are you an eight time all defensive player? And have five chips. I get who you were on a team with, but you were the defensive guy. They scored. Yeah. You stopped. Michael, Come on. Michael Thompson, uh, their play-by-play, their color guy right now on the radio who used to play for them in, on the back-to-back team in 87, 88, talks about Magic and them all talk about they wouldn't have won any of those titles without Cooper because the offense was good and they ran up and down the court. But at the end of the day, you have to play defense. Especially Cooper in the was 80s. one of, if not the best, in that decade during the 80s. Especially at least the guard position. Right? Just give it to him already, man. Fuck Boston. <laughs> Dang. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, I love that clip of that little kid on the Pat McAfee show. So oh, dude, so good. So good. <laughs> Let's move on to baseball. Spring training has officially started. The first game was today that the Dodgers, I think they put up, what, nine runs in the first inning? Yeah, I think it was against the Padres. Yeah, three final or something. It's- Fantastic start to their uh, World Series winning season. Yeah, uh, congratulations on the 2024 World Series champion Dodgers. That's all right. It's here for LA. Bought a ring. Good job. Good yeah. job. Baseball's crazy, man. Don't say anything yet. It's too early for that. Spring training is so. This is the only thing I don't like about preseason for any sport or spring training in baseball. Everyone gets all excited, and we haven't even started the real games. And in baseball, especially, there's so many games, and there's going to be injuries on every roster. There's no guarantee. 30% of those guys are going to be on the roster come October. Bro, speaking of that, did you see the freaking the entire schoolyard of guys that was in the Padres? <laughs> they brought every prospect they could think of. And the dude. whole dugout was lined, bro. There was no, there was like standing room only, dude. <laughs> well, I think part of the problem, too, is, is they traded all the way, like Soto and all these guys. They let Snell go. Obviously, he's not coming back at this point. So they're trying to spend less money. I know we talked about this before. They went all in last year because I think they knew. Yeah, they were bankrupt, like, right? Well, yeah, that, but they also last year, they knew their owner, Peter Seidler was sick and this was probably going to be his last year as far as being alive. And ultimately he did pass in the off season. So I think they were going all in last year for one last shot at it and it didn't work out. And now they're back to kind of reality as far as the salary cap and how much money they have to spend. They lost their TV money to the Bally sports thing, which we talked about, uh, I think about a month ago, how that's kind of being worked out with Amazon and possibly still being worked out. Dimebacks are one of those teams that lost their TV right deal. I was going to say, welcome to the Dimebacks club. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they've had to cut salary and, and I think they're just going to have a lot of young guys on their team to kind of fill the holes. Like, I don't know who's going to be pitching for them besides Musgrove and he didn't look good today, but again, it's spring training in February. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, well, we do have a couple things we're going to keep. Obviously, that's entirely NOS, so we're going to keep it in the NOS. There was a couple signings that happened. There's a couple other signings, but we're going to try to keep it to things that are at least important to us. Giants, this is the bigger one. Signed yeah. uh, defensive hitter, or a designated defensive hitter. Wow, I'm freaking <laughs> doing fantastic today. Designated hitter, Jorge Soler. Three-year, $42 million deal. Uh, won two World Series, one with the Cubs when they broke their curse, and one with most recently with the Braves in 2021. He was also the World Series MVP. P in that Braves run. Oh, yeah. um, this dude could play. Uh, I mean, he's no Shohei Otani, but uh, Jorge could play. Yeah, dude. I mean, the year he won the MVP in the World Series, I think it's Game 7 in, in Houston against the Astros. He hit a huge home run early in the game to kind of put him up at big and kind of get the separation. And the video of him looking back at the dugout and them coming around, I mean, they were exploding. Uh, he was huge. He was an all-star last year for the Miami Marlins and helped them make the playoffs, which doesn't happen a whole lot in their history, so that's a good no. thing. Um, when he was on the Royals back in 2019, he did hit 48 home runs. So he hit 36 last year in Miami. He can he can hit with the best of them. And, you know, San Francisco wasn't terrible last year. They were kind of coming no. off of the 110 win, I think, the year before, where they kind of caught everybody Fluke. off guard. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good signing. They have that – I can't remember the Korean guy they brought over to play, I think, right field for them as well. But – the Giants have done some sneaky good things, and I don't necessarily think they're going to win the division because, as you said, the Dodgers probably bought that already. But yep. they're going to be in the hunt for a wild card, I think, most of the year as long as they stay healthy. Hopefully they're behind us. Yeah, yeah, that's but, all I yeah. care about. <laughs> uh, 100%. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to stick actually with us. Dimebacks making some smaller signings. Again, we are aware of how the baseball – salaries work and we're not going to try to go over and go crazy like the Padres. we're going to just stay in our realm and see yep. where we're at uh but i actually saw a thing uh it does not include randall gritchick who we just signed to a one-year two million dollar deal that of the top 100 players the diamondbacks have five top 100 oh, players on yeah. their roster which is i think ranked like fourth or fifth best in the league we have That's like my guess Behind like the Dodgers and the you know Yankees. like the main the Phillies Yankees right yeah. we have we got some good players man we 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 ain't terrible and they we're adding Randall to the to the mix here they didn't make it to the World Series because they weren't they just got fluky at, in October like they were solid especially Gabby Marino when he was in last year that was when the Diamondbacks played at their best at catcher he was able to kind of solidify the pitching staff and keep everything going uh, we added Eduardo Rodriguez who's going to be a huge left hander in the starting rotation to go along with. Uh, Gallon and Merrill Kelly, and then hopefully the young kids kind of continue their growth from last year into this year. Yeah. We have uh, Seawald coming back at the closing uh, spot at the back end of the bullpen, which we got last year in a trade with Seattle at the deadline. So everything kind of makes sense and fits. Uh, Gertrick is good. Last year, uh, he hit two sixty seven, uh, sixteen home runs over the for the Rockies and Angels last year. Now he's going to platoon in the outfield. He's not going to play every day, but I think the big part of it is he's a right handed hitter, and basically all our left outfielders right now are lefties. You got Carroll. Doc Peterson, who mm. we already brought in, who's probably going to DH more so than anything, and Alec Thomas. They're all lefties, and as we talked about... I love Thomas, bro. Dude, I'm with you. Now, that's going to be good for us when it comes to NOS, because I think we talked about there's only two left-handed pitchers in the entire NOS starting rotations for all the teams that we have mm -hmm. to face against. But well, That's not the only teams we play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, yeah, you're right. So Geerchik's going to have a nice plug-in and play uh, some platooning, and he's a nice right-handed bat, and I think if he's not playing every day and there's not too much expected of him, he can stay healthy. He's going to fit right in. I mean, he hit 16 home runs last year, and that's on the Rockies and Angels, who both weren't very good. So yeah, on a better team, true. you know, there's some expectations now. I think our payroll's at like 140, which is one of the highest it's been, if not the highest in the team history. It's <laughs> crazy. So we're taking we're taking some chances, but I like it. I think they're all smart moves. I, I ever since Hazen came over and took over as GM, and they brought in Tori Lovello, 
even the years that we didn't make the playoffs, we're usually right around 500. We're not, you know, 60 wins, 100 losses. Like we're we're pretty average when we're not healthy. But last year, Christian Walker had a really good year. He's one of the top first basemen in the NL. In the NL, so I, I think as long as they stay healthy, and I don't care if they win the division, just get into October as a wild card. And like last year, anything can happen once you're in there. Very true. If by my birthday, August 5th, they are still um, in the talks of the wild card hunt, wild card hunt I'm that's happy. That's, yep. yeah, yeah, that's good. If, if we're buyers at the trade deadline, that tells also you good. we're in the right spot. So, Which is what we were last year when we got Seawall, right? Exactly. So, And that's the, usually the end of July, so right into August when your birthday is. So, yeah, right around the end of July, early August, if they're in the hunt, they're within five games or so of the division. Well, I don't know if that'll be possible this year, but a couple of games of the wild, wild card, card and we <laughs> have a chance. Then you know, I'll take I'll take it. I'll take it. I will take it. All right. Now we talked about this before. The A's are terrible. They're moving to Vegas. Yes. They don't know where they're going to play after next year. There's talk of Sacramento, and then the Vegas mayor came out and said that eh, maybe they should work it out with Oakland and doesn't really want them. I don't know. It's a mess, but. One good thing they did is they hired a new play-by-play person for this upcoming season, and not just to fill in. This is going to be her legit everyday job, uh, Jenny Kavnar, who is going to be the lead play-by-play announcer. She'll be the first woman to do so in MLB. Uh, she nice. has been working for the Rockies the last 12 years. She's done radio before for them. She's filled in on TV for them before, so she's not new to this completely. She's just going to be the first woman to do it every single game unless you know she's got to take a day off here and there like every other person in the world. But for the most part, she's going to be the play-by-play guy or girl. Sorry, that's weird um, for the Oakland A's. And I've, I'm excited for her. That's a step, stepping stone in the right direction for, again, she's earned it. She's done a lot of work over since 1990. I see well, the last 12, 13 years with the uh, Rockies. So done done everything she needs to do. She has the resume to do it. I just feel bad it's at the Oakland A's in that shitty stadium. She's got to do it. And that's not yeah, yeah. It sucks that she got to start at the bottom. I'm curious what she what she's like though, because I know uh, we've talked about it before. I, can't, I think her first name is Jenny. I can't think of uh, the lady. No, it's not Jenny. The lady that does baseball tonight sometimes. What's oh, uh, Jessica Mendoza. Jessica, and it was a J. Yeah, she's awesome. I like her. I like her. Uh, but there's male broadcasters that I don't like. So it has nothing to do with her being a female. Yep. I'm just curious to see if I'd like. If I'd like the way she talks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause I like, the, actually, I like the way I, Jessica Mendoza, I like her. Because I, again, pay for MLB TV every year and watch as many Dimeback games as I can. I also do watch other teams and other games just based on matchups and certain teams that are hot or whatever. I've heard Jenny do games before. She's really good. She knows her oh, stuff. Okay. Again, she's been around for a while. She hasn't just like been in the league for two years and then randomly got this job. Like yeah, she's been around. She's filled in on radio. She's If you could do radio, then TV is even easier because radio, you have to describe everything to give you a mental picture of what's happening. TV yeah. is right in front of you. All you got to do is give the stats and the, and the things in between, let the game breathe when the moments, you know, kind of ask for it, which I think she will. I think it's a great hire. Again, I just feel bad it's for the A's, and she's got to work in that shitty stadium where sometimes there's, you know, sewer, sewage that comes into the locker rooms or dugouts, or there's a – if you're in the visiting uh, – box and you want to call the game there's a raccoon or whatever living up there it's just a mess up at that stadium so good luck to her on that part but excited for her to get this position congrats jenny congrats kick ass all right i know we uh we just left it last week because the super bowl happened but we are back for more football talk (laughs) we didn't lead with it because you know we're trying to space it out a little bit but we are back for more football talk we want to get into a couple things i want to leave actually the thing that we have on top for last because um i like i want to talk about it i think the most a couple things that i think were important chiefs extending defensive coordinator steve spagnola after a 
Hall of Fame season. Like that, the season itself was just impeccable. Um, and then obviously being able to slow down the Shanahan offense on Super Bowl Sunday a couple of Sundays ago is uh, is something else as well. So Spagnola signed through. Uh, does it, what did it say? I don't know if they gave out the years of how long the contract is, but I know last. I know this last year was his last uh, year of his current contract, so they've extended him. Uh, there's also talk. I think they are extending their special teams coordinators. So everybody, as far as coaching, will be back. They're not losing any continuity on that side as far as the coaching goes. Obviously, free agency with players is a different thing, and things happen. But yeah, uh, bringing Spags back is great. Um, actually, I was listening to ESPN LA. I think it might have been Friday, and Demarco Farr was filling in, and he used to do a show in St. Louis because he's a former Ram, and when they played there, and he talked about how you know Spags at this point in his career, he's like sixty, sixty-five. I think closer to 60, closer to sixty-five. He's probably not going to get another head coaching job, which he had with the Rams back in after the. Uh, they won the Super Bowl, the Giants, the first time against the Patriots. He got a head coaching job in St. Louis. It was terrible. The team sucked. Not necessarily all his fault because, you know, no. the Rams at that time were not very good. Sucked. But DeMarco Farr made a good point. If you're Spags, maybe you just stay in KC, and then if, you know, Reed retires, you just take over there, and then you hire a coordinator to just take care of the offense with Pat, and then you just take care of the defense as the head coach and be more of a CEO, kind of just keeping everybody in check. So, not a terrible idea, but again, Chiefs defense was really good. That's part of the reason they've won the last two Super Bowls, three of the last five, and he's been there for all of them. So I don't know yep. why you wouldn't bring him back. Yeah, I just looked it up. There wasn't any details given on what the contract is, either length of time or dollar amount. Okay. Um, but one thing that I did see also is he's quoted, and I'm I'm going to mess up the quote because I already left it, but it's the gist of it is basically – I would love to be a head coach again. That is definitely a goal of mine. Uh, but I'm blessed either way. So he, I think he kind of like what you're saying, man. He's down, right? If someone calls him, if someone calls his agent and be like, hey, you know what? We kind of want to interview him. I'm, I'm sure he'd take the interview. And if it's a position that he'd like, he might think he might take it. But he knows that he's in a really good spot, dude. I mean, yeah. to be, to have the best quarterback in the league currently, and depending on his resume when he's done, possibly of all time. Mm-hmm. with one of the greatest coaches, top three probably, even if he is three, that's still pretty good of yeah, all time. Yeah. Winning Super Bowls like crazy. Like, what else? What is there really to complain about? You know what I mean? Unless like, unless somebody comes to you with a head coaching position that's like everything's lined up. There's a great quarterback. There's a great defense. And for some reason, like the coach just didn't, couldn't get him over the hump or something. Then I understand. But this is the perfect situation. Again, why would you leave it if it's working? You've won three of five Super Bowls. You have Pat Mahomes on offense. You know your defense don't have to be the top, top defense every year because Pat's going to score a lot of points and get the wins at the end. But as long as you can keep him within the, you know, keep him 20 to 25 points a game on the defensive side, you give Pat a chance and let him do his thing, you keep winning. That's all they need. This is what I see happening. Hey, Steve. What's up, man? It's John. Yeah. Hey, listen. We uh we already talked to uh, Shanahan. He's gonna move to OC. Ooh. We want you to come over to to San Fran and maybe lead this pack. Yeah. See if we could go ahead and beat that old team that you're. Just let me know, man. I leave a message. Here's my number. Call me back when you get a chance. Click. And be like, damn, damn. What if I can beat that's a good team to take over. Now, granted, they don't have a quarterback. In my opinion, I'm not saying he's not great. He's just not the. Uh, What's that guy's name? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So, um, but you know, who knows how? Who knows how Purdy will pan out? 
I know that sounds crazy. Purdy will pan out. Uh, but Shanahan, if the, I know that's a, a stretch, but I'm just that's a good team. They, I know they just lost to him barely. So, <laughs> yeah, or maybe if Shanahan ultimately gets fired, then Steve can go there and then hire an offensive coordinator to mm-hmm. you know run the system. And well, if you still had McCaffrey, I guess you just have to figure out the quarterback position. But yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it'd have to be the right situation because otherwise, yeah. why would you leave the perfect situation you got now? Nah, and you got players like Chris Jones, who we we're talking about right now, who are on this team. They love him, and they give him so much credit, which, to be honest with you, is refreshing because I know from his perspective, because he's talked about it a lot of time, he gives the players the credit. They're the ones actually out there doing the work, but the players love his scheme and trust him so much that they give him so much props, and I just love to see the back and forth. Uh, and that's what that's what Chris Jones is basically here for. He wants to stay. He's been quoted saying, I need three of those rings, baby. He yelled to the crowd, we ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones, I ain't going nowhere, baby. Yeah. And the Chiefs already picked up the option he has. So if they have to, they can franchise him. But more than likely, they're going to work out a new deal. They need to, yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically Aaron Donald at this point for them. Like, he's so important to their defense that everybody has to focus on him on the offense to double and triple team him that it gives everybody else the opportunity to kind of run free and create opportunities and plays on the defensive side of the ball. So, again, I don't know why you would let him go. I think it's just a match made in heaven at this point. And if he – I mean, he said that already. I think his agent after that tweeted out like, hey, can we stop serving the beers at the parade already? Because obviously he's given away a little bit of his leverage there by saying that. But, I mean, if you're feeling it and you want to – it's kind of like the Rams. When they won, run it back, run it back. That was their whole chant at their their parade. So – I don't I don't see why you wouldn't bring Jones back. They might have to make some other cuts elsewhere. There's already talk of uh, Valdez Scantley getting cut to make some cap room space in order to make this deal work. But if Pat Mahomes can win with the receivers they had this year, then just plug and chug some other guys and make sure the defense is, is filled up. That's true. I mean, to be your point, I would put Chris Jones at one or two behind Aaron Donald, depending on the day of the week. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know they play on Sundays mostly, but you got what I'm saying. Depending on the situation – they're one or two. I mean, I, it would be hard for me to choose because Chris Jones really is that dominant. He's talked about a lot less even being on a championship winning team and being teammates of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. But, uh, but I mean, he he's he's really good. So I hope he stays. You know me. I love dynasties. I'd be down for them to win a third unless it's going to be the freaking Cardinals, which it <laughs> won't. Um, I'd be down for them to win three in a row, be the first team ever do it, and that'd be fun to watch. We'd have yeah. plenty to talk about. That's for damn sure. Dude, yeah. three in a row, four in six years, that'd be crazy. That's nuts. That's nuts. We're going to go to the other side of that tale. Uh, we've talked about the winners, but this is the one where I'm just like, I don't know about this yeah, one, this man. One year into his stint as the defensive coordinator, the San Francisco 49ers are firing Steve Wilkes. Uh, lost to the Super, lost in the Super Bowl. Um, now, I could see some of their point because of how different the regular season and the postseason was, and that could be you know him not scheming well enough against the offenses that he has to play or the offenses being able to find the holes of his defense. True. But he allowed only 17.5 points per game throughout the the season, which did go up to 25.7 in the postseason, but you're playing the best teams, man, right? So it's expected hey, to go up are you some. No? Like, yeah, well, I mean, when you... Team. Yeah, well, I mean, they <laughs> they were... They were they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, true, but as a 70 with a essentially a rookie quarterback, I think the scheming part is what comes more into play there on that fi- on that side for sure. And let's be honest, they were down big to the Lions early and the big. offense is what got them back in the game. The defense didn't really 
I mean, they stopped them, but they didn't create a whole bunch of turnovers. Turnover. They had one, the Jameer Gibbs fumble. But yeah, yeah, and then the interception was, or that should have been for the Lions wasn't and ended up being a catch for Ayuk. So, like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's gone, and I think this is crazy. Um, I think the main question here is, is because, right, after after a devastating loss, especially when you feel like you're in it, you're the favorite, you got somebody has to be the blame guy, right? Is that what – are the 49ers using Wilkes as the scapegoat for their Super Bowl loss? I mean, it's kind of hard not to see it that way, especially the day after or so that um, I think Shanahan was quoted and asked about it. He said, oh, yeah, no, we're not making any changes to the coaching staff. Like, everybody's fine. And then less than 24 hours later, they let go of Wilkes. Now, there have been talks of him and Wilkes didn't necessarily see eye to eye a lot of times, which if that's the case and you're the head coach and you don't agree to what your defensive coordinator is doing, I guess that makes sense. But it's still weird because at the end of the day, it's not up to Wilkes to make sure his team knows how to, you know, play with the new overtime rule, right? Isn't that kind of on change? No, yeah, that's true. I mean, I do remember if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, there was a moment in the Super Bowl where Shanahan on defense called timeout because he didn't like the play that Wilkes had called. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's a good point that you kind of brought up is that it's not necessarily that he did something extremely wrong, but he just didn't do it the way that Shanahan kind of wants it done. And you're not going to get rid of fucking Kyle Shanahan, dude. He's no. a fantastic coach, like we talked about in the episode after the Super Bowl. For those of you who might have missed that, go check it out. It's the most recent one that we have. Uh, check it out on any of the three platforms. But we, we get into a little bit of depth of He's a great coach. It has nothing to do – I mean, he lost by three points in overtime, the second only overtime of Super Bowl history ever, to a dynasty. I mean, losing it's, – it's not, it's not bad. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you. To your point, though, about the lack of knowledge, I guess you could say, about the overtime rules. Yeah, this definitely shouldn't be pinpointed on the defensive court. I mean, unless he was tasked with it or something for some reason, because these players had no clue what they were doing. In fact, they thought as long as they score a touchdown, they win, right? Do we have a clip of them, like, kind of being crazy? This clip is not going to look good for Shanahan, but the NFL had these, all these guys mic'd up for the Super Bowl, and this clip is going to show that they were not aware of all the rules, I think. Go with the toss? Yeah. Which way you want to kick it? They call it. They call it, right? Yeah, they call the coin flip. It's their coin flip, right? Which way do you want to kick it? We want the ball, Fred. San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called tails again. It is tails. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick? We're going to kick that way. San Francisco, we see first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they want it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They want it. They can have it. Hey, even if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. I didn't know that. We won the toss, we were going to kick off, too. We got what we wanted. Jay, you said something about Patrick Mahomes running off the field. He was shocked. I was shocked. I think everyone was shocked. It's like, you're going to give Patrick Mahomes the ball second and give him four downs? 
I don't. Someone's getting fired. That's thing you say. Somebody's getting fired. Someone's I know. Getting... I know Shanahan's getting all the, the blame on yeah. this, but there's a lot of people in those headsets, a lot of people in those boxes that should have said something. Absolutely. But, I don't know. I sound like a broken record, but this is exactly what the Chiefs wanted. You know, they wanted to be in this game. They wanted Patrick Mahomes at the end, and they got exactly. They got their storybook ending. Oh, I get four downs. Yeah, it's like perfect. Oh, I do a lot with three downs. Yeah. <laughs> Give me four. Let's see what happens. All right. So all we have to do is. Walk onto the field and then we Dude. win, or okay, bro, football players aren't like when you're a pro, you're not dumb anymore, bro. Like, you might be that the idiot in part. high school or something, but like, how do you not know some of this? shit? The worst part, though, is remember Kyle Uchek said after the game, Oh, no, we knew the like, well, we didn't know the rules, and then like a day later, he's like, No, we did know the rules, like, I didn't, I didn't really mean it. And then there's literally video of you on the field during the game where you're like, Oh, if we I don't, don't score a touchdown, we don't win, that's not it, that's not how it works anymore. Like, how do you? You you gotta know, especially during playoff games, everyone is mic'd up. They're, that Super Bowl this year had more cameras than any other Super Bowl or football game in the history of the world. They had eight, I think it was uh, f- two in each pylon of the touchdown, three in each uh, goalpost as the doink cams. Like there was cameras everywhere. You knew whatever you said during that game. Although I guess in that moment you probably don't realize or remember all of what you said during those yeah, couple hours. Sure. But still, man, like, you can't say one thing and then say the other and then video come out of, no, you actually did say that thing. Like, it's just a mess. And I feel bad that if they're using Wilkes in a sense to scapegoat and get out of this, that's terrible as it is. But it's not his fault that he didn't know the rules. And even if you did, Shanahan, win the toss and you decide, oh, let's take it first because our defense was just out there for a long time to end the game in regulation. They're not going to be, you know, whatever. Let them go first anyway. If they score, at least you know what you need to do in order to tie it or then That's win the, the game. Rules. Like, it's just, That's the game. Uh, yeah, what a man. mess. What a mess. Didn't play it that way. I mean, again, I'm happy the way it happened. I was obviously rooting against the Niners. I wanted to say how much like the fucking Cowboys they are <laughs> with a little bit, a tad bit more winning, but no success. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. But, yeah, it just was bad. It was not good. Not yeah, good. So Not good at all. Um, yeah, it's weird, and I, I agree. I do think they're going to kind of try to make him the scapegoat. Somebody has to pay for it, and it's not going to be a players because they're vital, and they have, yeah. what, nine freaking all pros. So obviously that's not going anywhere. And, it and it's not going to be the head coach. No, so. and it can't be the special teams coordinator because even though there was the botch punt, that I mean, the guy was running across the field and hit his foot. It's oh, that's like trying to catch it, dropped yeah. it, and then or the scheme they created – you know, yep. made that happen. Like it just, it was a bad luck of a bounce. So you can't, I know I actually it. feel bad for that guy to be honest with you. Cause the, the, the receiver was pointing, like get out of the way. And he was like yeah. trying to run. He's like, Oh shit. And all of a sudden just hits him on the yeah. heel, dude. Like he was inches away from being clear again. It, it worked out for the, <laughs> for the good guys, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope not. And I think I'm sure he'll get another job somewhere. I don't know how soon it's going to be because everybody's kind of filled up and they're kind of fired. Yeah, that's the, late, the but... shitty part. It's, it's kind of hard for him to get a job now. He's probably have to take a year off. And he's the one who the Cardinals hired as a head coach. And after one year, they fired him. So he hasn't really had an opportunity to be a head coach for real because not that the Cardinals were in a good situation at that time. Yeah, that was a bad spot. Yeah, yeah bad so it's not his fault. And now he gets fired at the last possible moment. And now, yeah, there's no real openings for him to take. So he's going to have to sit out a year or take a really big demotion just to be on a coaching staff for next season. Yeah, just be like a linebacker's coach or something yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it kind yeah. of sucks. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, last bit of NFL news. This one is – I saw and I was kind of confused when I first read it. This is weird. Jimmy Garoppolo has been suspended by the NFL for two games for violating a PED policy. Well, I'm assuming it's the PED that helps make him healthier because <laughs> motherfuckers never on the damn field. 
nor is he performing at extremely athletic levels. So my assumption is the one that gets your bones and your freaking muscles to heal faster. That's what he, that's what he needs. But, yeah. you know, I guess insult to injury is it's, you know, the, the Raiders are most likely now going to, you know, assuredly be releasing him. They don't need his services anymore. They already basically benched him after they fired their coach. And uh, so, you know, that's the, he's out there too. Yeah. Um, and you know, the shitty part is, <clears throat> excuse me, is he was going to get released regardless. Cause they knew coming in that Pierce was going to be the coach. Now, uh, you know, Caden, McC Aiden McConnell, there's their quarterback at the end. He's not the great, but they're going to draft somebody and you know, he's making way too much money to be a third stringer at that point. If you're Garoppolo. So they were going to cut him regardless, but now he yeah, gets suspended true. for two games. So that gives him an even more reason. And then because of it, I don't think he earns the bonus anymore at that point because he's getting released because of a suspension. It's not just because they don't want him there. So it's, it kind of in a weird way worked out for the Raiders, but if you're Garoppolo yeah. one, even if somebody else signed you as a backup or not something next year, you're suspended the first two games anyway. So it's just a really weird situation, but you know, the Raiders kind of in a weird way win. I, and I don't like to say that cause I don't want Garoppolo to be suspended for something. Yeah. But, no, and the yeah. crappy part is, is it, it was something he was prescribed, I guess but he doesn't actually have the issue or the problem that it is prescribed for. So I don't oh. really know. How so he just likes getting high. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Depending on what it is, I guess that's, that's possibly what it is, but yeah, he didn't have a valid therapeutic use exemption for the prescribed medication and he's not going to appeal the suspension. So, I mean, I guess well, I mean, it's two games. It is what it is. Yeah. And again, is he done in the NFL? Yeah. Right. <sighs> I mean, like I'm trying to think of who wants, like, if you can't make it with Shanahan, and this is what I'm nervous for with Brock Purdy, if he doesn't get a freaking contract with the yeah. Niners, is does yeah, he go somewhere and look like how Jimmy Garoppolo has looked in Vegas? Do you, does somebody bring Garoppolo in as a backup or even a third stringer? I mean, he's going to have to take a huge pay cut and make just like bare minimum million or two. Bare minimum, yeah. I, I mean, I could see somebody swinging at it. Why not? <sighs> Put him on the Browns. Because, yeah, you know, uh, Watson's going to get hurt and they're going <laughs> to. If Flacco doesn't come back and he goes somewhere else because yeah. he's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, maybe New England. If Mc, I was going to say know. back to the Patriots. Well, McDaniels isn't there anymore, right? Because I think, or is he still going to be the coordinator there? I don't even know what Gerard Mayo did with. with I don't know. Because if, nah, okay, if. Me either. Well, he wasn't the coordinator there. He got fired. He just got fired from the Raiders. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he's not in New England. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if he'll get a job next year. He might be like uh, Flacco and have to sit out the first part of the year until somebody gets injured and somebody is desperate and just needs somebody who knows how to play the game. And they just like, eh, we'll give him a shot because we got nothing else. Oh, he could back up Aaron in New York because anybody's damn near better than fucking uh, Zach Ooh. Wilson, right? Yeah, and they're gonna get rid of him too for sure. There's no way. Maybe Zach. I Wilson would say the other New York Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> the backup for or the third string for whoever they draft, and then Aiden McConnell and go. then Garoppolo could go to New York. I don't know, man. The Jets are. We've solved everybody's problems. Good job, if Corey. Aaron Rodgers doesn't Garoppolo doesn't want Garoppolo to be there. Doesn't Garoppolo? So I mean, that's the big part yeah. right there. Well, I think he's got a lot less stress than what Pat, uh, Pat uh, than what uh, Tom did, because Tom was, you know, Garoppolo was unproven. Maybe he can come take my job. I think a lot of people know that Garoppolo's not really coming to take anybody's job per se. He's just yeah, kind of here in case shit hits the fan, maybe. Yeah. So maybe Aaron would be a little less uneasy about it, because I can see your point in principles. Like, hey, whoa, 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 what about me? Yeah. But it's it's fucking Jimmy G. I mean, yeah. come on, come on. Yeah, but also like. You got to feel for Jimmy G a little bit. Like, that's got to take oh, a toll on him and everything he's already gone through and been doubted multiple times. And now he's suspended and cut and just kind of sitting out there. That's got to take a toll on him. And it's going to lead me into our next segment because it's 
his mental health has got to be a priority for himself. Yeah. So that's going to lead us into another uh, segment of Corey's mental health minutes. Quote this week, if you're watching on YouTube, will be up on the screen here for you is you're not a burden for seeking help for your mental health. Uh, You can visit Lemonade Health. That's Lemonade AID, not Lemonade like the lemonade that you drink. Um, If you go to their website, it has links to multiple health, mental health topics, uh, depression, suicide, panic attacks, any kind of stuff that uh, you need to look into or need more information on. Um, A story that I read into the now this article came out a year ago and it was about different NFL players who have kind of opened up about mental health and different things about it. And one of them was, and I thought this was an interesting story just because AJ Brown used to be on the Titans. So it's a little more mm-hmm. closer to, for me as a fan um, that when he was dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts in November, 2021, when he was on the Titans before he got traded to uh, Philadelphia, he talked about in this article last year when they interviewed him about it, that quote us as men, to be honest, our feelings aren't too much cared about. Uh, he also True. credits therapy with improving his mental health, which he still goes to, to this day, according to him. Um, his advice to others in emotion in, in emotional pain is quote, especially men, get things off your chest. It's okay to talk to someone, seek help. You're not too tough to talk to someone, which I completely agree. As we've gone over the last couple of months as we've done this Corey's mental health minute, uh, the last few months for me has been really rough outside of this podcast, which thank you for this, sir. It's definitely a avenue of, you know, a good thing. Release. Kind of keeping, yeah, release and kind of keeping me distracted and kind of working through some other stuff that I'm going through. Um, but again, don't be afraid to talk about it. Like I'm, I've been very open on here about how, you know, when we talk about what's coming up in your week or what you've done that I've had therapy or I have therapy coming up, um, and not just your mental health, but the physical stuff too. Sometimes I've been going to stretch lab every week and kind of working through some physical ailments or trying to make sure I don't have any ailments, I guess, as I'm trying to avoid injury, but also it's just about more self-care and taking care of yourself and don't keep it all bottled in because eventually it's going to explode. And sometimes it doesn't happen in the best ways. So you need to have other avenues to kind of get that out. And even whether it's aggression or depression or, you know, anxiety or whatever it is that you're going through, just have someone to talk to, even if it's not necessarily somebody you're super close with, that's what a therapist is for, or like the mental health uh, guidelines that we give you here in different websites that you can look into and get help. Um, You know, I got a good friend right here in Brendan that I can talk to about pretty much anything. And, Gotcha. Uh, you know, I have my family and I have uh, like another friend or two of mine outside of here that I can go to and pretty much talk about anything and everything and know that I'm not going to be looked at in a weird way or judged or anything. I've been much more open about it, even at work with coworkers and stuff. I used to kind of keep a lot of my stuff to myself and I've been much more open and just, again, getting it out there. Don't keep it bottled in, even if it's not good ideas or thoughts all the time, but you just need someone you got to talk to. So if you don't have someone you can do that with, at least take advantage of some of these websites and avenues that you can do to do so to be able to do that. Yes. Two things that I'd like to add. One, uh, you talk about stretch lab and physical things, man, a lot of times too, you know, working out and being physical can really help with the mentals, right? It releases those good endorphins and kind of gets you to kind of clear your mind and just, it kind of gives you a little bit more happier feel because you're accomplishing something. So I'm agreeing with you there. And the second thing is, you know, kind of finding people, um, to kind of help with. That's something that I did last night. I talked to you about it a little bit. Um, and I'm not trying to shove anything down anybody's throat here, but I, I went know, to a men's, again, other men's prayer night. Yeah. yeah, men's prayer night last night. And it's just, there's probably, I'm not even kidding, bro, probably 100 to 150 dudes, man. Wow. Um, anywhere that's, between, actually, I'd dude, say. That's a lot of guys to talk about some like real deep stuff. Because when you're, yeah. especially when you're going to prayer groups or or meetings with other people, like everyone's at to a point where they're willing to talk about things because they need to. So that's awesome that there's that many people there. 
Yeah, dude, it was great, man. A little bit of worship at the beginning. Then it was just a time of I have a bunch of like the elders that have been there for a long time. They call them like prayer warriors, right? You kind of mm -hmm. go up and just talk, man. Get it off, kind of like you said, get it off your chest. Absolutely. You know, they, they kind of go back and forth with you a little bit, pray for you a little bit, and then just go back. And dude, everybody there seems genuinely interested. Uh, now, maybe they're not, but they seem genuinely interested okay. they in don't you and at that moment. Actually, you know? be interested, but the fact that they're showing you or letting you think that they are is a big part of that and getting some kind of comfort or again, getting it off your chest. And you talked about physical activity is a good thing to get the endorphins running. Thankfully, my job is not to sit at a desk all day and do just computer stuff. I have to, you know, change merch in the store today. I had to build a kiosk and stand basically at Disneyland, or I got to do a concert in between and rebuild a stand and rebuild merch. Like it's a constant movement. I think I did. I worked a day shift yesterday before the game. And I did 17,000 steps. Like I'm moving kiosks and pushing things up and down freight elevators and moving things. So even though it's, it is still work at the end of the day, but again, you're accomplishing something. You're physically getting up and moving, keeping yourself. Your body going. loves it. Exactly. Keeps you distracted in a sense from maybe getting thoughts that you don't want to or don't need to anymore. Again, physical activity, even if, you know, like in a weird way, I'm my therapist and I talked about this, even if it's driving home from work and you're screaming in your car by yourself or whatever, like just get that out. Punch the pillow good. when you get home. Don't take it out on anybody individually as people. Yeah, but person probably doesn't <clears> do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, but... you know, a pillow or, or like a punching bag or something to get that anger out in a different way or however you need to do it, like take advantage of it and don't, don't keep it all bottled in, man, because eventually you're going to explode and that's not good for you or anybody else if that's the case. So get it out. Therapists, friends. Uh, physical activity, prayer groups, find what works for you. Um, yeah, exactly. and if anything, feel free to hit us up if you need something on, uh, on the Instagram at RVUFTB. And we'll talk Twitter. to you. Yeah. DM us whatever you want. And if you want, if, if you need to, we can talk about it here. We obviously won't give your information, your name, but we can bring yeah, it no. up if you're comfortable with us talking about it to get more part of the mental health minute and building a, uh, community. community. That's, that's what we're here for. Yep, yep. So don't be afraid to hit us up either. I know we might be random, but if you got nobody else, we'll be here we're, for you. We're here to listen. I mean, all we do is sit here and listen to each other talk about shit that don't really sure. matter. So if you have yeah. shit that matters, really matters, to you. all ears. All Hell ears. Yeah. All day. <sighs> well, thank you, Corey. That was a good one. Another great, another great one. Um, we got one more basically to kind of wrap us up for the evening. One more topic, I guess you could say. We're going to break into a little bit of hockey. So uh, the second half of the season right. has been has started. Obviously, All-Star uh, weekend that we discussed in one of our previous episodes. What was it? About two weeks ago now. Um, but, uh, you know, starting to kind of starting to formulate the playoff picture, seeing which teams are going to be selecting at the top of the draft. Kind of getting all these things ducks. in order. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ducks are definitely there. As long as we weren't screwed again, worst but, um, league in Chicago's worst. So they're probably gonna get another one pick, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> oh well, they probably will because it's another freaking. It's one of the original six. They like deserve it, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna talk about two things. Uh, one of them is basically the stadium series, and then one of them is uh, a great. An all-time great name, uh, not just a name. He played well as well. It's just not a cool name. Uh, being reti uh, retired basically and being. Recognized because he already retired. Recognized, thank you. Yes, uh, let's start with <laughs> thank you. Yes, let's start with the stadium series games. They were at MetLife Stadium over this past weekend, so you know, good old Joy Z. Uh, did they play on the turf or did they throw down some ice for them? Do you know? No, they definitely played on some ice, <laughs> no okay, turf. I, I know they're gonna put real uh, grass in there for the FIFA games, but there's turf yeah, in there screw the football players on right? ice for these games. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I didn't catch any of them, did you? 
Yeah, so I was able to watch. I, I just love the outdoor games. My brother-in-law and I talk about this all the time. The NHL does such a good job of these big presentation moments of these events. Um, when they had the Winter Classic on New Year's Day in Seattle at uh, the Mariner Stadium, when the players came out for Seattle, they had the fish going thrown over the top of them. Uh, they have a re- they have always things surrounding the rink itself because obviously the rink is much smaller than the stadium they're playing in compared to yeah. typical games. Um, but they have constant things going on. And this weekend they were in MetLife Stadium, which is where the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. So first outdoor game in New Jersey uh, featured nice. all three teams from the area. So the Devils played on Saturday and beat the Flyers six to three. Uh, it was thirty degrees at faceoff, which actually been to one of these before i went to the outdoor game in colorado at the air force base and this was february 2020 this is like a month before the whole covid and the world shut down and it was seven degrees at puck drop and it was but it was awesome now my only complaint was is that stadium is a is a old school college football stadium so it was all metal benches which made it cold even colder that part sucked but Overall, it was a great experience, and uh, yeah, New Jersey won 6-3. That's a division opponent. They were up early from the jump. 2-1 was the closest Philly got, and then it just got out of hand from there, um, which this was the cool thing. On Sunday, they went back-to-back in the same stadium. This is the first time they've done this, and the Rangers and Islanders, both the New York teams, faced off. Uh, Islanders were up 4-1 in the second. I, the Rangers ended up fighting and making a comeback, scoring two goals in the final five minutes of the third period, including Ooh. tying it with about a minute and 35 left with an Empty net, so six on five. Okay. Uh, they go into overtime. The Rangers score ten seconds into overtime. The oh, the the Islanders win the faceoff because it's three on three. They bring it back to the their defensive zone, and the guy just totally muffs the puck. It's sitting there. The Islanders pick it up, score real quick, and boom, it's Ovi. Uh, Game's uh, over. Panarin <laughs> just ends it. The stadium goes crazy. It was packed for both games. I think. Again, New Jersey, New York, those fans are all about, especially with the Rangers as an original six team and everything back there. It is just a huge, huge experience. Uh, Excited for them. And they've announced for next year, the Stadium Series game is going to be in Columbus, Ohio. It will be the Detroit Red Wings against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're going to play at the Horseshoe, home of Ohio State football, which is going to be awesome. So Go Mark, Blue! Next year. Sorry. Now, I no, no, that's okay. I, I ta- I, my, brother-in-law, <laughs> my brother-in-law texted me about it after they announced He's like, yo, I'm like, I know, but too bad it's a team from the north because, again, they don't say Michigan in that area. Oh, yeah, Go um, Blue, Michigan. So Detroit will be there. Uh, we already talked about maybe going to it. Uh, as Brennan knows, we've talked about this before. My sister's due with her first child here shortly, and it's going to be a little earlier than we anticipated, but uh, it looks like the first week of March, probably. So I guess if there's a first birthday to go to, there's an outdoor game. We can kind of do Seems it like all. a fantastic reason you know, to fly to Ohio. The first week of March. We could just kind of make it a whole week. Of, of, I'm, of, just so, I'm just saying. So I'm just saying. Sounds fantastic. You know, I don't know how you feel about sitting out in the weather in March in Ohio. I'm like, bro, mm. I did Colorado in 27 at night. I think I can uh, think I can handle Ohio State. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's not official, but... We're keeping it on the docket of possibly going to the game next year once we uh, get to it on March first. Nice, that's pretty cool, bro. That's that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. I'd like to go to an outdoor game, dude. That actually, it would like be cool my idea. third outdoor game if I go because I went to the uh, Ducks uh, Kings when they played at Dodgers. The LA one, yeah. God, when was that? 2016? Twenty sixteen. Which was, oh, dude. I don't know. We yeah. thought it was so weird because no matter. I mean, the coldest it gets here, to be honest, <laughs> is like fifty degrees. So uh, we thought yeah, they'd be, you know, just wore a jersey to that game. Skis or something. Didn't have to wear a hoodie. <laughs> didn't have to, you know, bundle up like at the Colorado game. It was kind of nice. You know, but again, just the outdoor games, the entire experience, and what the NHL it's does cool. with this product is awesome. So I'm looking forward to possibly going to a third one next year. Well, hopefully you get to go, man. Hopefully you get to go. 
thinking it's gonna <laughs> nice <clears throat> all right moving on to the retirement that i was talking about we do have one thing after that i just forgot uh yaramir yager first yeah. of all great name great oh, name yeah. um he great was hair, a penguin back in the day too with that flow <laughs> oh yeah man hey everyone had that the who was the fabio right yeah. <laughs> had the fabio flow uh but wow the Penguins, that was a remix. I'm a DJ. The Penguins retire Yaramir Yager's number 68 this past Sunday. Played 24 seasons in the freaking NHL. He has the second most points all time uh, behind Gretzky. He has 1,921. And he's just behind Gretzky by like a couple points. Gretzky's at 2,857. So he's that's about so to crazy. catch up. If he played maybe one or two more games, he might meet him. But uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's fucking insane. Dude's, dude's insane. Uh, but the first 11 seasons were with the Penguins, who picked him number five overall in the 1990 draft. So he teamed up with Mario Lemieux and helped the, the Penguins win the Stanley Cup in 91 and back-to-back again in 92. Yeah. Again, he went on to play for a handful of teams. What I know you got some stuff you want to talk about, but oh. I, I mean, the name alone to me is probably one of my favorite things, but the second thing is that he played 24 freaking years, bro. Dude, he played forever. Uh, you mentioned 11 of those years were in Pittsburgh to start his career. He won the Hart Trophy, which is the NL- NHL's MVP back in 98-99, the Art Ross Trophy for leading the league in points five times between 94 and 2001. Uh, he is fourth in Penguins history with points only behind Lemieux, Crosby, and Malkin, which are all going to be well, Hall of he's famous. already a Hall of Famer. The other two will be huge future Hall of Famers. So Pretty good company to be in. That's so funny. Um, Real quick before you go, him and Lemieux, and then Crosby and Malkin. Malkin. That's like the combo. Yeah, yeah. And Crosby yeah. and Malkin. I don't think they won back to back. They oh no, they did. They won sixteen and seventeen. And then I don't know if Malkin was there when they won in two thousand nine against Detroit. I'd have to double check that. But regardless, the duos are both the top four scorers in uh, Penguins history, which is crazy. And Lemieux is actually a partial owner of the team currently at yeah. this time as well um nice. but as an exclamation point to this you know celebration they had a pregame speech and you know whatever by yager then because he not only played 24 seasons he still plays overseas in europe and he owns a team he's a partial owner of a small team in a league it's called extra league i believe it's the top league over in uh i think the czech republic if i remember correctly it's his hometown okay. um he suited up full full gear and went out and did warm-ups with the team before the game as well um, retired retire yeah, already Yaramir. everybody <laughs> on the team wearing his number including crosby and malkin and again a couple of them wearing the wig that was the hairdo that yager sported back in his day when nice. he was a player. so just a huge celebration i know there's a video i saw of his mom in the team store like seeing all the different things they were selling and how she just you know my whole life is hockey because of him like hockey is is our lives it's always been and, and and just she was super excited about everything yager was super appreciative to have his number retired and i can't remember the quote something about his coach his first coach told him that you know today is about us as a team and he said i'm gonna steal it but change it today is about me which nice is all about yager unfortunately they did lose to the kings that day so that's the only Man, downer. the Kings. but other than that it's a good celebration for yager and the sport itself because he's again, a legend 24 bro. years in the league is just and 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 not necessarily scoring a lot in those last couple of years when he bounced around, but he was still scoring and making a difference and on playoff teams like he oh, was, had he, ice time for sure. He's yeah, not he just was, you know he's not the Udonis Haslam of no, the NHL. Yeah, no, not pulling a, a Haslam whatsoever. <laughs> he was legit. No offense, and, Udonis. No, no, legend. we Miami talked about average of eight and seven <laughs> and being you know retired. But <laughs> this is a little different. Again, uh, Yager. Hats off to you, man. Just a great career and was a blast to watch for a long, long time. 
Congrats, Yarmir. Congrats. Last point, because we were talking about Haslam. Never made of this. Never did that. Never did that. Never did that. This guy, yeah, granted, he may have been teetering <laughs> off at the end. This dude did it all. All right, this bull was a beast. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Which leads us into our last hockey topic, and this happened last night. Uh, Again, Austin Matthews, I think, is the best, if not one of the best players in the NHL at this moment. Uh, last night, he scored not only his 50th, but his 51st goal of the season in Oof. 54 games, which is the fastest American player game. to do so. The last guy who had the record was Kevin Stevens of an American player. He did it in 62 games back in 92-93 season. I think the coolest part about it is, though, is he did yeah. it against the Coyotes in Arizona last night in a college-sized stadium. That's the only problem. But mm. his home state where he grew up and played as a kid, his mom and dad were in the stands. I believe oh, he's his from Arizona. Yeah, he's from there. I believe oh, his mom nice. is of Mexican descent, so he is of Mexican descent as well. So, again, just an awesome thing to be able to do in front of his parents, in front of his home state, as the hometown kid. Um, yeah, just uh, the third fastest, I think, in NHL history behind Mario Lemieux, who scored his 50th just in 50 games. And Wayne Damn, Gretzky, who scored 50 in 39 games. Okay, is... well, we don't count anything Wayne Gretzky yeah. does. And he ended up, oh, by the way, he was scoring 92 that season total, which is. Oh, like, just 90. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Just 92. Yeah. He's arguably, um, he's pretty good, I think, at this he, hockey game. He's thing. insanely good. It's The numbers <laughs> just are astronomical and make no sense at this point, but it is what it is. Um, but before we end here, we just want to show you the clip of Austin Matthews scoring his 50th goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just it. so you can see it. And, like, again, they'll show his uh, parents in the crowd and their excitement at the moment. Four again. Back it comes to Lilligren. Matthews shoots, scores! Number 50 for Austin Matthews in his backyard. A homecoming 50th. All the Leaf fans in the building on their feet. Brian, a spot on the ice where he has just dominated this year. So many of his offensive plays have come from tight in that corner. Looks like a bad angle. Vamalka's thinking this one's coming across for a tip-in on Bertuzzi, and instead, it's just the quickness of the release. A short side in the arms up. Mom and Dad. There you go. Nice, man. Yeah, dude, this guy's a beast. Didn't his team win the All-Star uh, stuff, too? I think? Yeah, they did, actually. Team Matthews yeah. with Justin Bieber as his uh, co-captain. Biebs. That big, huge, fluffy red and white jacket or whatever he was wearing. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. See, this dude's just a winner, bro. This is just a winner. Nice. That was a good goal. Win a title with Toronto, but that's a whole other thing. But, yeah, if you look at it, too, in the, pl yeah, well. in the replay that we showed, if you're on YouTube, uh, the goal was not like a straight-on shot. He's into the corner. It's at a weird angle. He's kind of known for those goals where he, he passed it back and forth and just kind of like, yeah, I'll throw it at the net and see what happens. And top shelf, got it. And, again, got a 51st later in the game and just – I just he's too damn good, man. He's so good. Dude, I don't get a lot of these hockey players. I mean, there's some that are obviously a lot better than others, but the way that they are on something that makes you fall – <laughs> right. And they're running into each other full speed, grown gigantic men, while simultaneously playing with a little piece of wood and this little rubber thing. Uh, the way that they can control it and their own body, it blows my freaking mind, bro. It I blows my mind. could not agree more. Every time somebody tells me they haven't been to a hockey game before and they just don't see the – you got to go to one in person. It completely changes your, your concept of the way the game is played because, again – these guys skate anywhere from 15 to 22 miles per hour 
on on ice you have a stick you can't touch the puck with your actual hands you have to just move it with a stick and the way they can move it so fast and so easily and the way they run schemes it's not really like a like in basketball where you have like okay the ball goes from this guy to this guy they they just kind of know where people are going to be you throw it against the boards it runs all the way around to the other side and the guy's going to be there because he knows he has to be controlled chaos it's just yeah that's the best way to put it controlled chaos and the goalies themselves I don't know how they do it, and especially when I don't know how they see it, bro. Dude, playoff time, <laughs> like they talk about, it. if you're a really good goalie and you win a Stanley Cup, most of the time it's because your goalie is really good, and they, as they say, are on top of their are playing on their head because everything they do just seems to be working. It is an amazing sport if you get a chance to go see it live. Obviously, if you want to go to LA and watch the Kings, that's fine. But if you want to deal with LA Sucks. traffic, I wouldn't do it. Now, Honda Center, as we talked about, has some construction going on parking, but man, is it so much easier to get in and out of and see a game. Not that we're good, but other teams in the league are good. We got the venue is nice too, bro. The Honda Center itself is nice too. You know, we're rebuilding the system and, uh, you know, some exciting guys moving forward. Carlson this year, our number two overall pick, is playing really well. So, you know, excited to see where we can go. Nice. Nice. Well, that wraps this up a little bit, this this little episode. You know, we obviously finish in style. Uh, And being that it's Thursday, we're going to take a look back in the history books. Let's go with this week in sports history. This week in sports history. So this week in sports history, we've got a couple things here. I got the... So one of the things is in honor of the recent fight that you hosted at the Honda Center. And the other one I just thought was this a crazy stat, bro. I think this is just insane to think about. Okay. Uh, I'll start with the one that was today. So okay. today in sports history, February 22nd, 2010, Caltech, a local school around here, probably some of the brightest minds known to man, they end their 310, <clears throat> 310, 310 game conference losing streak in men's wow. basketball by finally beating Occidental College 46 to 45, yes, by one point. In its season finale of 2010, 310 game conference losing streak, Corey. Okay. When you first said 310 losing, I thought you're just going to say in general, like 310 straight, but conference only, that makes it even longer. <laughs> That's even more. Yes. Time. As far as years, time. Yes. Wow. And they don't even win by much. They win 46 to 45. <laughs> <laughs> one by one fucking point, dude. Oh, jeez. Ah, I thought that was kind of crazy. I was like, wait a minute. Is this. Really what it says? And again, Caltech and Occidental College are not, you know, basketball schools. But just the fact that a, a school could lose 300. That, I mean, you flipped over how many rosters by then. It's not even about the players anymore. It's just this school can't win. Yeah, <laughs> okay, say Caltech. I mean, all these guys, they're not going to the NBA, obviously, if they're losing no, that yeah. many games. But they're going all four years, if not five, depending on their degree. So, yeah, the turnover, 310, you play what? Maybe, I would say you play maybe 30 games total in the season. So you probably in your conference play anywhere from 15 to 20, depending on how big the conference is. So yeah, that's, that's so long. I hope it wasn't the same coach the whole time. Cause then that's even worse. Like that guy should have been fired. The next guy should have been fired. They should have moved on multiple times trying to get this streak to end, but that's terrible. Right. Seriously. So they have, they play 25 games and I'm trying, that's the, what they play this most recent season is they played 25 games, but they're playing people like university of Laverne. Bro, like, yes, 
Yeah, they're playing Chapman University, Whittier College. Yeah, those uh, are big schools. <laughs> Pomona Pitzer. I mean, again, Redlands. I mean, these are just like other random schools. Um, it's almost like playing yeah. high school games, but a little more elevated. Like, you know, we were in Charter Road. We played Benita and we played Los Altos. Like, you know, they're kind of far away, but they're still in the same vicinity of the area. Like, Pitzer, Laverne, that's all kind of in the same area. Yeah, well, Caltech still isn't much better. This year they went one and twenty-four. Oh, they lost twenty-four of their no. twenty-five games. So yeah, and you said these are the smartest people, so they're obviously they're they're very for smart academics and not for <laughs> sports. But you know, they should run the triangle then if they're so smart. They run the triangle. I mean, something. <laughs> some of these scores are bad, dude. Forty-seven to seventy-seven. Oh, uh, yeah, Yikes. thirty-nine That's to sad. sixty-three, forty-six to eighty-eight. Ah, oh, Caltech. Sheesh. Yeah. I guess they do recruit based on their mind, though, not on their abilities on the court. Yikes. All right. Next one is actually going to take place tomorrow on Friday. Well, historically, obviously. February 23rd, 2013. Ronda Rousey and Liz Carmouche make history just by stepping into a UFC cage. Ronda Rousey wins what is the UFC's first ever women's bout. Uh, beating Kamush on an arm bar, which is Rousey's signature move. Just 11 seconds left in the first round of their bantamweight title fight of UFC 157. Uh, that's one of those ones where I only got to see one round and then it's over. Oof. Oh, well, but man, there was something geez. that you kind of remembered about this fight, no? Yeah, when you when you brought up this fact, I was like, I, I kind of vaguely remember Rousey fighting at Honda Center at one point, but I didn't remember what part of her career or what fight it was. And so we looked it up and it was her this was the fight, <laughs> her first fight in her career was actually at the Honda Center in twenty thirteen. So I yeah. just thought it was kind of funny because you brought it up and I had just worked one and we talked about early in the episode how TKO, the ownership of UFC and WWE, just went into a partnership with the Honda Center. So they're gonna be here more frequently over the next couple of years. Hey man, we just uh kind of cool. Have to, Dude, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when we had a fight a long time ago, this one I was, ah, man, I was like first, start, this might've been when we were still in college and I was working part-time and we were a third-party vendor. We didn't even, I didn't even work the concerts. I only worked Ducks events, but they had Brock Lesnar in a UFC fight there and they had the press conference and weigh-in outside the, the old team store where I worked in and they had them in the building in order to get to the press conference, they had to go through the team store. I never saw a bigger human being walking <laughs> That guy is like a bear, dude. I was just like, bro's oh a gigantic. My. Beast. Like, you know, you yeah. see him on TV and wrestling and football. And well, yeah, that guy's guy big. big, dude. But then he's literally with no shirt on and his big old tattoo. He's going out to do the weigh in outside. And I look at him walk by and I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah, that's someone you don't want to really piss off. Yeah. Dude, no, thank you. I would, I stayed way behind the counter and just let him do his walk through the store. I want to <laughs> But the afar look was just like, oh my God. What the hell? That's, is that's that? a cool that story. Is a huge human. More UFC at Honda Center. Woo, I'd like to go to one sometime. That'd be a fun event. I can't hook you up on tickets on that, man. That shit sells out. No, no, it's cool. I'm just saying, like, I'd like to go. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. It is a, it's a crazy crowd, man. Those people are all about it. Cool, cool. Um, well, that pretty much wraps up the episode here. We we try to wrap all of them up like we talk about most most times with some sort of history or some sort of fact that maybe Corey's able to provide to you. If you want to hear any of them, feel free to check them out on literally all of our previous episodes. Where would they be able to find those, dude? Yeah, if you want to listen just the audio version on the go, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if, like Brendan and I always talk about, you want to see the clips that we're playing or you just want to see us and our reactions and our facial expressions, uh, you can find us on YouTube and all three uh, platforms. You can find us by searching Our View from the Bench. 
Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RVUFTB. DM us if you've got something that's going on. You need somebody to talk to, like we referenced earlier. Uh, and again, we're going to try to change. We're, we're doing, we've got some changes coming. Hopefully, they are beneficial. Hopefully, you like them. I'm really trying to do a lot more content online. So please follow us at Instagram and Twitter. We're going to try to start being a lot more active. I know I said it before, but. We actually have a plan this time. Say we got some plans um, in the works this time. So right, right. So it's not just not just me talking. So <laughs> please view us there at our view FTB. Uh, how is uh, the weekend look? I know you said this is Hell Week. I know you got oh, Disneyland tomorrow just, night. What's the I'm rest of your weekend to get look like? Through this man, yeah, Disneyland tomorrow. Thankfully, I don't have to be there early in the morning. I got the afternoon shift, so I'll get there at three and help close it down at eleven. Uh, we have a concert on Saturday, Los Dos Carnales. Uh, I'm actually not working it because of this Hell Week of what's going on. And then the Ducks are back home on Sunday for a game, so I'll be working that. And then, uh, yeah, just getting ready for the next episode and the new things we talked about earlier before we got on here and our plans that we can kind of hopefully finagle, especially since I'm off Saturday. That'll probably be my plan to kind of work on some of those things. So, okay, what about cool, you? Sweet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got the weekend off. Uh, last last uh, day of work tomorrow, work from home, so that'll be nice. It was a nice. fairly chill week. I actually had to call out on Tuesday. Had some medical crap I had to deal with, so it was a shorter week for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just looking forward to the weekend as always. They are too short, of course, but uh, still gonna be still gonna be nice. Um, probably just hit up the gym and get ready for for the next episode here. So, oh yeah, but uh, yeah. Other than that, appreciate everybody always stopping by. Thank you as always for seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan, and I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace. This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.